Listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Shy Sox Weekly, episode 25. That's right, we finally made it to episode 25, the quarter century mark. I am John Suarez, joined with you by my co-host, Tony Marchese, and we actually have a very special announcement. But before that, Tony, how you doing today, man? John, we've made it to 25 episodes. It's the off-season. I'm happy to be talking White Sox baseball instead of shitty Blackhawk hockey. Um, yes, we do have a big announcement. We also have uh, what is going to be a very special guest on our show today. This is going to be a big episode for, for Shy Sox Weekly. I'm excited. John, how are you? Honestly, it's going to be our biggest episode yet. There's no need to sell it short. So 30 seconds into the episode, us being able to tell you that with confidence, I mean it. We have a lot planned for you guys today. Um, let's start off with our big announcement, Tony. What is it? Our big announcement is we actually have a new member on the Shy Sox Weekly crew. Uh, this individual has proven that he wants to be here uh, over the course of the last White Sox season, over the course of Shy Sox Weekly. This is an individual that, that many of our listeners are familiar with. Uh, he's an all-around great guy, uh, one of my favorite people to discuss sports with outside of you, John. Um, but he's also going to make things very confusing for me as uh, as a host on Shy Sox Weekly because now I'm going to have to start calling you guys by your last names. We're here to introduce none other than Johnny Nani as the third member of the Shy Sox Weekly crew. Uh, Johnny's going to be coming in and uh, helping us in a, a many different ways. Uh, he's going to be doing a lot of the, uh, the back-end work for us. Uh, helping us out with the Twitter account, helping us out uh, get these episodes a little bit more formalized. And he's also going to be lending his voice in there to discuss White Sox baseball with us. Uh, Johnny, you're here on the line. Johnny, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, it's good to be here on my first official uh, Shy Sox Weekly. I know first I've been day of a, work, man. Yeah, I know I've been a recurring guest. Um but yeah, no, I'm excited to help you guys out. You know, Tony and I have been doing a lot of work with uh, Four Feathers for the Blackhawks. Um, but, there, you know, I can do very similar um, type of work that I do for Four Feathers uh, here on Shy Sox Weekly. Um, for the last episode, 24, I don't know if anyone saw on the Twitter, um, there was a nice little teaser video. Um, not toot my own horn, but that was me. I put that together. So that kind of <laughs> stuff, brag. um, digital content. Yeah. Uh, social media, that kind of stuff. I'll leave a lot of the hot takes to Tony and John, but I'll chime in when needed. Yeah. So two things that I have, it's nice to be able to talk to you and not have to introduce you as Johnny Nani from Sox on 35th. Like my, my girlfriend literally refers to you as Johnny Nani from Sox on 35th because of how many times she has heard me say that exact phrase. <laughs> we don't want to confuse anybody. Johnny is still a member of Sox on 35th. 
He's just going to be helping us out a little bit over here. So we are very excited to have you. Um, another thing you had mentioned that you did make that teaser video for us last week, which we are very grateful for because if you saw any other teaser videos that were put out prior to that from the Shy Sox Weekly Twitter, that was me trying iMovie out with no experience, not even watching any YouTube videos, and I honestly suck at it. So very grateful for that. Very grateful that I hopefully don't have to ever try and do that again. And we're just really excited to have you aboard, man. Yeah, thanks. We're moving over to Adobe Premiere now, so um, upgrading all facets there. Oh, this is big time. And, and John, it's Suarez, John, it's uh, it's funny that you mentioned those teaser videos because I was I was listening to a bunch of music on the way into work the other day, and your teaser video for the uh, Brian Billick and Beef Loaf episode came on, and it was it was it was done very well, I must say. Uh, so I had to actually go back and watch it. I don't know how it ended up in my in my Google Play Music, but it did. Uh, I think it's because you sent the actual file to me. <laughs> so I'm like I'm listening to a bunch yeah. of music. It's like yeah, an it's MP3. On MP3. But I'm listening to a bunch of music, and then all of a sudden it's just like waiting for beef loaf comes on, and I'm like, that's the Shy Sox Weekly teaser video that John put together. I actually had to go back to to watch it, and the the picture you used for the beef cave is like some like meat you know warehouse <laughs> it's just a bunch of meat hanging like in yeah. rocky <laughs> <laughs> exactly and uh i i started looking at that i'm like this is this is great <laughs> but uh it's it's uh, good to have uh johnny nani on um we're gonna we're gonna have him doing the teaser videos and stuff like that on the go forward uh so uh johnny like john said happy to have you on yep good to be here um we're in the middle of a uh, Hawks game where they're already down 2-0, so let's get to some White Sox talk. <laughs> yeah, so one of the things that Johnny is going to help us out with is going to be organization of our episodes and of just Shy Sox Weekly in general. So oh, right now we all have a little handy-dandy rundown of a couple of things that we're going to get to today on Shy Sox Weekly. Um, should we announce who our guest is going to yes. be, Tony? Uh, Johnny, you were the one that actually put this – or John – Again, first first confusion here. John, you were the first one that put this together. Uh, I'm going to have you inter- introduce who that guest is going to be. This was all you were doing, your hard work, uh, and it's somebody that we're very excited to have on. Yeah, so um, for any OG listeners of Shy Sox Weekly, you know that um, in the middle parts of the season and beginning parts of the season, we talked a lot about the prospects. And, I mean, obviously throughout the season we did as well. Because there wasn't really too much else to get excited about. Um, One main prospect that we continuously talk about that isn't Eloy Jimenez or Michael Kopech would be Sebi Zavala, everybody. The Sebi Zavala train. You know that myself, Tony, and Clinton Cole, a reoccurring guest of Shy Sox Weekly, are all conductors of the Sebi Zavala train. I don't know if you're on the the train as well, Johnny, but Sebi Zavala is our next guest of Shy Sox Weekly, and we are super ecstatic to have him on today. Sebi Zavala train is rolling through Shy Sox Weekly. And the Sebi Zavala train is also going to be rolling into Chicago pretty soon. We're going to get into uh, some of the stuff that the White Sox have actually been doing. Uh, Not just what Shy Sox Weekly has been doing, but some of the stuff the White Sox have been doing. Uh, They made a move at catcher. Um, Perfect time, I think, to trans... Moves up. up. Yes, so I think that's a perfect time to talk a little bit more about... Uh, transition into what the White Sox are doing with some of this offseason. Let's talk about that catcher position. Uh, we could be interviewing a guy that uh, that could be on the opening day roster. 
uh, coming up here. So, um, Suarez, uh, take it away. What what have the Sox done uh, at the catcher position um, over the past few weeks? Well, last year we saw four different uh, catchers suit up for the White Sox. We saw Wellington Castillo. We know how that went. And obviously we're going to see him next year. We saw Dustin Garneau, gone. Kevin Smith, gone. And just last week, on the day of the non-tender deadline, the White Sox went ahead and they traded Omar Narvaez to the Seattle Mariners for Alex. Oh, my God, we're going to argue about the pronunciation of this last name, probably this whole episode. Colome. 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 Colome, right? Colome is what baseball reference has it as. That's what we're going to go with spelling. If we punch it into Google, um, what's the... Excuse me, Colome. Colome now. Yeah. 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 I think I said it was Colome, and then we looked it up and it was Colome. Yeah. Tony thought it was Colome. Mispronouncer of last names. I thought names. it was Colome at first. I'm the official mispronouncer of last names. I went Colome. Um, and I will continue to call him that throughout the year. I Honestly, it would be better if it was Colome because that would play better into nicknames. So, like, obviously, Colome. Like, we could do a lot with that. Colome, not really feeling much off that off the top no. of the tongue. So, yeah, probably going to probably gonna have to see him pitch a few times. To, uh, how do you give away the sex, pan- sex panther possible nickname there? You know, it, it, it's it's tough to let go of. Exactly. Like, you, uh, that's just opportunity missed. Moving on. <laughs> so, yeah, that day, the White Sox probably made the most noise that they've made so far this offseason. They ended up non-tendering Avisel Garcia, making him a free agent, which everybody saw coming because it was kind of rumored a couple weeks back. And, like, it was basically it just had to happen on that day. And a move that I didn't necessarily see coming, but obviously made a lot of sense. I don't know if you guys saw it coming. I did not see that move coming because there was a news story that had come out just before then where they were talking about how they were going to use him as a two-way player next year. Um, I don't know if that's exactly smart. I don't know if, you know, although we were, you know, entertained by Matt Davidson pitching out of the bullpen, uh, and he did uh, fairly well, uh, it was a lot of garbage time stuff. And let's let's be real. Do we really want to be watching the White Sox in garbage time, having Matt Davidson come out of the bullpen? Does anybody here want to see that? No. You know, it was funny. He went on MLB Network, and he was like, they were talking about um, the possibility of that, of him, you know, transitioning into a obviously still DH, um, occasional infielder uh, position that would be his main gig, but then. He had talked about, you know, wanting to help the team. Otherwise, who know that who knew that was going to be a, uh, you know, something that he was saying to try and save his job there. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I agree. It, it was time to cut ties with Matt Davidson. It'll be interesting to see like what team picks up Avisar Garcia. I'm not really sure what a team is going to have use of for Matt Davidson. Um, obviously they're both going to find homes. Neither of them are going to be out of baseball. So obviously, obviously Garcia is probably going to get 
a shot on what like what kind of ball club do you think a guy like Avisel Garcia will go to? Do you think like a winning ball club is gonna go sign Avisel Garcia to be like a fourth outfielder, or do you think he's gonna go to like I was a team like the Marlins? the Marlins? Who who do the Marlins like, have in the outfield right now? Couldn't tell you. Could not and I play a decent amount of MLB the show. <laughs> and I so, could yeah, not I can... tell you. Who the fuck the Marlins have in the outfield? Yeah, after they traded uh, Ozuna, Yelich, and uh, yeah, Stanton. Like they're like you honestly, even last season with MLB TV, I still couldn't name you one. Yeah, I could see him ending up somewhere like there. I I think Matt Davidson might might end up in in AAA. uh, Honestly, Um, although that does do one thing. Assuming that the White Sox don't sign a DH, uh, that's going to open up some at bats for Daniel Palka. And he might then be able to capitalize on our on our nice little gentleman's bet, uh, John. <laughs> well, what did we set it for again? Forty, right? Uh, I thought I thought was it was thirty five. Thirty five homers for for Daniel Palka next year. Um, I don't I don't remember yeah, what. Still a stretch. Where are you at on that, Johnny? Obviously, the bets are already set. I'm not going to take my word back on it. But what do you think? Oh, for Palka next year, I would guess. Eh. I'm gonna say I'm in a, the thirty to thirty-five range, but yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go like a realistic number. I would say thirty-two. That would be my prediction. And watch him. Honestly, I'm gonna predict it right now. He's gonna hit like twenty-eight home runs next year. Yeah, that's honestly probably a little more realistic. But I like to get my hopes up because he just seems to come up in like clutch situations when he pinch hits, and it's you know. Like oh wow, you know he's up in the eighth or ninth inning. Well, so that's another Just thing. If he's getting not, if he's getting part. all these DH um, at bats and he's going to be our like mainstay at DH, how how is he going to automatically get all these clutch opportunities? Like he's not going to be able to pinch hit really I'm, at all anymore if he's a, that. That's like what it usually seemed like when he was there. Um, you know, in that role last there was game. yeah, I, I think there like was the, he had like three th- was it three pinch hit home runs to like tie or. Yeah, I think it was tied with the Take, most. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's a lot, though. You know, pitchers may adapt to him, but um, I'd like to. I mean, the raw power is there, so it, it, maybe he's a little more comfortable being an everyday role at like a DH, so he can get into a groove a little more. And you know, more at bats means more opportunities. So speaking you never know. of Daniel, speaking of Daniel Walker, though, I wanted to bring up one thing, and I know the one hundred eight guys they've they've got their own podcast, and we haven't addressed that either because that started after the last time we recorded um but they ran a poll and they said you know this is in regards to the jim tomei thing when they sent jim tomei to pitch to bryce harper and they the poll said which former white Sox player would you have sent instead of you know these listed guys instead of jim tomei and they listed a bunch of guys and they listed daniel Polk in there as former and i don't think anybody caught that did they not think that daniel Polk is going to be on this roster next year I mean, that's more of a question for them. I, I remember seeing that. I remember seeing that and, like, kind of, like, thinking twice about it. But I think that's just them, like, loving Daniel Palka that much. Yeah, I think so, too. But, I mean, it... Definitely a question I, that gonna, you would I, have to I'm ask gonna, them. I'm going to yeah. with them next time we talk to them because I, I, don't, I don't know if anybody put that together. Um, they had him listed as a former White Sox or former yeah. White Sox player. Yeah. <laughs> well, once again, congratulations to Section 108 for finally getting into the podcast game. Um, 
obviously they have the perfect personalities for it. So I only checked out their first episode. They, like you said, they started after we put our last episode out, and I'm pretty sure they already have like three or four episodes out. So they put out like three in the same week, which I thought was fucking insane. Yeah, I don't know how they do it. Like, I really don't. Yeah, I don't know how they do it either. So good for them. Um, I'll get around to listening to all of them eventually, obviously. But yeah. We will have them on again soon, I'm sure. But circling back to that um, narvaez Colome trade that we basically originally um, brought up, what is your favorite part about that trade, do you think, Tony? My favorite part about the trade... I mean, there's a lot of different things that you could you know, take as a positive out of this. Um, one would be that it's going to open up a chance for the Sebi Zavala train to come into station. Um, I mean, that's something that I was excited about since <laughs> early last year. Uh, other than that, though, I think that getting Alex Colome is a big step forward for the bullpen. I mean, even though we've seen some really, really good bullpen pieces, uh, you know this is kind of a win-win situation, I think, for the White Sox in the fact that if they do plan to contend this year, they have a really good back-end reliever. And if you look at some of these playoff teams, you have to have a shutdown guy in the bullpen. And I think he can be that. Um, and you've got him for multiple years. It's not This is not just a one-year thing like you saw with, with uh, Soria last year. Uh, you've got this guy for two years. Um, he's, you know, he's got a good pedigree. And, you know, he, he wants to be the closer. He came out and said, I want to close for the White Sox. I know I'm going to have to earn that spot. And, you know, you got a guy like that uh, in the back end of ball games, and we can see some shutdown stuff. I don't want to see the, you know, Jean-Marc Gomez, you know, end of ball games anymore. <laughs> I'm just sick and tired of seeing that shit. So, you know, having, having a guy who's, you know, a well-respected major league reliever, on this team for multiple years, who's not Nate Jones, <laughs> uh, is a good thing. And if you look at Omar Narvaez, and, and it's funny because I was pretty high on Omar Narvaez, but you know to give up just Omar Narvaez when you do have some of that catching depth, that's something that I, I respect Rick Hahn for doing there, is you know, he dealt from a position of strength and got uh, uh, something that he needed out of it. So... You know, I was really happy with that move. Uh, didn't expect that trade at all, but um, from my from my standpoint, that was nothing but a win because if they don't contend, he he is a a movable asset at a trade deadline this year. Uh, he's a movable asset next year if uh, if he if he plays well and things have to if he if he needs to be shuffled around, you can move him then too. Uh, I I would hope that we're in a position to contend. But uh, Rick Hahn has, has made many great moves dealing bullpen pieces. So uh, something that we have to watch over the course of the year. But uh, from my standpoint, there wasn't really more that you could get out of Omar Narvaez than, uh, than a guy like Alex Colome. How'd you, how'd you feel about that? My, my favorite thing about this is Les Juan Manaya. I know always, <laughs> when you look at the numbers, I think it was, you know, he was one of our better right-handed arms last year. 
but I just hated seeing him, you know, being at the ballpark for 40 games a season. It was just the worst when mom and I would come in. It always seemed like, you know, a clutch situation. He's walking two guys and giving up a single to run score. Um, that's what I'm most excited for. But then also uh, capitalizing on Narvaez's value because we saw it with Avi. I mean, granted, I don't know exactly what the suitors were like last year um, after his quality 2016 campaign. But, you know, we didn't move him. Then he comes in this year is injured. So, I, you know, I'll give him a little bit of slack there. He was injured for a lot of the season. Um, only played in a little over 90 games, I believe. But, you know, not nearly the um, 2016 Avi that we saw. So Omar had a great, like, from June on, just tore it up. Um, so I'm glad we were able to capitalize on that value. Because, to be honest with you, I wish the best for Omar. But I think he's going to regress a little bit next season. Would anybody have been mad if they had moved Avi Garcia for Calame? No. Uh, the the loyalists, but me, no. No, honestly, and you can't even get mad based off of, like, I mean, well, are you saying would I have gotten mad if I had not already basically have already known that Avisil Garcia was going to get moved? Because, I mean, this was a thing that was pretty much known for weeks. Well, no, I'm saying that, like, okay, so if if in the middle of last year the Sox had moved Avi Garcia for Alex Calame, would you have been mad, or would you would you have expected the White Sox to get more than in the than Alex middle Calame? of last year? It would have been a little more grainy because we wouldn't have known the Sox future plans with Avi Garcia, and for a player like Avi. To go for another player straight up, I don't think that's like really a, a trade that at that point the Sox would have made, if that makes any sense. Like I don't think they would have dealt for a guy like Colome in the middle of last year, opposed to now. Because like even I mean even Johnny kind of just well like even Johnny kind of just pointed out that like even if it doesn't work out, it's still like a rotational reliever that you could probably get something for at the next deadline. If need be, so like the timing of this trade would have been a lot better than to do that trade with Avi like at some point last year. Right. I was I was kind of surprised that we didn't get anything out of Avi though. Um, That's true. That's what I was also surprised about because I think it was more so that eight million that he was going to get in arbitration. They had to find someone to take him before that deadline, and nobody wanted him. So. And I, yeah. well, who the fuck is gonna want to pay eight million dollars for an injury plagued, inconsistent who sleeps right with other players' wives that isn't even that great defensively? Yeah, who sleeps with other players' wives? Yeah, there were uh, you know rumors around that trade deadline that the Astros were interested in Avi, but that never came to fruition because they were concerned about his injuries. So, um, I mean, who would do that in the off season, especially since he didn't prove? Um, you know, as much as he did in 2016 in, uh, or excuse me, 2017 and 2018. They should have got rid of him right when they got rid of Omar Narvaez last year. They should have literally got rid of him going into the winter meetings last fucking year. That's when they should have got rid of him. If they wanted anything. Well, I mean, they missed the opportunity to trade him when he was in the middle of an all-star campaign. I mean, let's let's be real. That's when they should have moved him if they wanted something for him. And then, exactly. again, they missed the opportunity, like exactly. you said, last year could've. during the offseason. 
So, I mean, maybe the opportunities didn't present themselves as, as much as Rick Hahn wanted to get value out of Avi. But, I mean, it, you, you have to classify that trade as a loss for the White Sox because you spent so much time trying to see what you were going to get out of Avisel Garcia. And in the end, you, you literally got nothing. Um, he wasn't part of a competitive team. You gave up. That was that was the Jake Peavy deal, wasn't it? Part of the Jake Peavy deal. I mean, you, yep. you gave up gave up a lot to get the guy, um, and in the end, it didn't work out. And I mean, that happens. But yeah, I mean, you, I guess you would have liked to see some sort of value uh, brought out of uh, Avi Garcia, even if it was you know some sort of lottery pick player, uh, you know, in high A. You know, I, I just I'm surprised that they didn't get anything at all. Yeah, no. So enough, obviously, Garcia talk. Rest in peace, obviously, Garcia as a Chicago White Sox. Um, how about we go over our favorite, obviously, Garcia and Matt Davidson uh, White Sox memories? <laughs> I don't know if I have any. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have any? Oh, you have to have at least one. I know I have at least one. Mine, since it, I'll let you brainstorm yours a little bit, Tony. My favorite Avi one was the absolute moonshot that he hit at in um, Toronto. Toronto in the second series of this past season. And it was 481 feet. I remember that because whenever I checked, like the, you know, you can check like the exit velocity, the distance, like, you know, all those leaders. Avi was at the top for just so long, like tied for second with someone else who hit 1481. Um, and then Matt Davidson, I would say, I mean, there's a walk off that was pretty exciting, but I'm going to go with the three home run game uh, opening day just because. You know, going down four nothing in the first inning, and then you know Timmy hit two in that game as well. But just the explosion there on such a cold day in Kansas City was great to see for Matty D. Yeah, so those were both of mine, and I'm sure that's all Tony was going to be able to come up with. And the whole point of that was to basically be able to point out that wasn't a whole lot to remember between Matt Davidson and obviously Garcia as Chicago White Sox. But those were literally, like, I shit you not, like, I texted Tony about this earlier in the week, and I was like, favorite Avi and Matt Davidson moments, and those were literally the only two moments I could think of. Obviously, Matt Davidson coming into pitch, a couple walk-offs here and there. Avi obviously had great games, more so in 2017, but nothing, like, specifically stuck out in my mind. People are probably going to listen to this and think of something and be like, you fucking assholes, but... Well, I mean, Matt Davidson did provide some good mustaches that led to a great segment on Chai Sox Weekly that led to the Bruce Springsteen incident. So that's that. my favorite Matt, Matt Davidson moment. Okay. Attributing to your favorite Chai Sox Weekly moment is your favorite Matt Davidson moment. One of them. I mean, there was there was Burt, Burt Reynolds dying in there somewhere that, that led to that, but... Then Matt Davidson later in the season did the the mustache thing. I mean, there's a lot of mustaches are a cool thing. I think that's a power move. Um, and he did do like six different mustaches in like a course of a week. Um, you know, and, and and maybe I'm just attributing the mustaches into the Burt Reynolds thing, and then you know that whole thing. But uh, yeah, that, that's probably my favorite Matt Davidson moment was seeing him cycle through some mustaches. Um, as far as Avi Garcia goes. 
my favorite moment for Avi Garcia was opening day 2016. I was there with my brother against the uh, the Tigers. It was actually the rainout makeup. We walked up, um, got tickets for like 10 bucks, sat right off the White Sox dugout first row because there was nobody there. And I think Avi had just had a kid or his girlfriend, wife, or whoever was pregnant. His kid? And <laughs> one, somebody <laughs> in the stands, uh, as Avi was on the end deck circle, was like, hey, Avi, congrats about the kid and whatnot. And Avi just looked back over at them and, like, kind of did this half But smile. you could just see the pain in his eyes. <laughs> he's like yeah Obvious thanks for moment. congratulating me but yeah, i don't like, even know if that kid's fucking mine yeah like, right, i so hate yeah, my was, life right now <laughs> yeah that's that's my favorite avi moment was just you know somebody congratulating him on you know impending fatherhood and, you know he's on the on deck circle and there's like you could it, I mean, there's probably 500 people in the stadium during that game so you could hear everything and he kind of just looks back and he like does that little grin where it's like yeah okay it's like that grin you give like when you see like an older white lady walking on the street to like basically like it's basically like the high grin like the yes, uh, exactly yeah. like hey i don't know who you are at all um, yeah stop talking to me <laughs> yeah pretty fucking much dude love that <laughs> so yeah that's right. that's the best avi moment okay that i have so we obviously We'll talk about it briefly because I see that Johnny threw it in our rundown notes, but the White Sox did tender Leary Garcia notably and then everybody else boy. on the so, roster besides Avi and Matt Davidson. So Johnny's making power moves already in, in, in the Shy Sox weekly uh, rundowns here. Um, let's have Johnny talk a little bit about Leary Garcia, um, who Leary. was also Leary. But Leary. didn't they call him Lair, Larry it was, Garcia? It was Leary. It was like L-E-A-R-Y. Who yes. was oh, it? Oh, yeah, that was John, yeah, John Heyman. John Heyman, wasn't Heyman. it? Yeah, fucking guy. I thought it might have been Morrissey, but I wasn't sure. No, nah, it was definitely yeah. him. That, that was very disrespectful to both Larry Garcia and me, personally. I was like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> so, if you didn't know, um, Larry Garcia is my boy. I have his jersey. Um, he's an all-around good guy. I sit down in section 149. Um, he comes up and will flip little kids' balls in the first row while they're warming up and stuff. So all around good guy. And he, he also, he, um, is, I, I like that. It's only 1.55 million. He can play every outfield spot and he can play second and short if you need, need him to. So that's why, <laughs> that's why I just threw that in there. And that was the one that they tendered, you know, they non-tendered Matty D and Avi. Obviously those are the big names to talk about, but Larry Garcia, um, not a bad utility guy to have around. So that's why I threw him in. What roles do Yolmer and uh, Nicky Delmonico play on the 2019 White Sox? Depends on who they go yeah, after. Yeah, really depends on who they get. But, yeah. um, I, if I mean, they don't get anybody, then the exact same fucking role they had last year, and it's going to be one hell of a ride, guys. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I would hope not. I, you know what? I I love Nicky Delmonico. Great guy, you know, personally. But um, he, he's not he, he's he's not the kind of guy that you have on a competitive team. So 
Um, I don't know. Like John, John said it best. They make no moves, then yeah, similar to last year. But if not, then you could see a uh, bench player for Nikki, and then Yulmer obviously is a little bit more versatile. So move around the infield a little bit, um, bring the energy in the dugout. Nikki Del Monaco yeah. is like the definition of like a quadruple A player. Ooh, I like that. That's a good description for him. But isn't that kind of Matt Davidson as well? I mean, oh, maybe absolutely. But uh, well, now, yeah, exactly. now we finally cut ties with them. I know Nikki's under contract for longer. You know, they didn't have to tender him, but yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, the, the and issue I think wasn't that, forced. Yeah, that's the issue. The box wasn't, wasn't checked. <laughs> oh, reconisms in the off season are my favorite thing. Um, I mean, I think that's that's part of the reason why. You know, another another thing that Matt Davidson's expendable here um, is that you do have like ten of the same Matt Davidsons across across the White Sox here. Uh, not only here, but also in in AAA. You look at uh, Jose uh, Rondon as well as another guy yeah, who can Skull. step in and Matt play. Skull. They got rid Matt of him. Skull. No, they re-signed him too. They re-signed Matt Skull. I saw something pop up on my feed about him, and I could have swore somebody else signed that school, but you might be right. Mm. Yeah, there was there was one of those guys. I, I, I don't know if it was him. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was, but he, he's back. Um, so you've got a lot of the same types of, of players um, all over the place. Now, I guess the, the big thing here is, uh, I, again, and we touched on this in our first offseason episode, is do the White Sox end up signing Bryce Harper or Manny Machado? Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk to you guys about is, are you guys surprised at all at how much there has not been any news at all about Manny Machado this offseason and how everything in the media seems to be focusing on Bryce Harper? Does that surprise you guys at all? Because it surprises me. Hold on. I was okay. I was trying to confirm the med school thing. All right, pause. Run that back. What did you say? I said, does it surprise you at all how much of the media focus has been around Bryce Harper, not only within Chicago but nationally, as compared to how much focus and attention that Manny Machado has gotten? Surprises. Surprises me. I, th- I thought there would be, you know, hype on both sides. Obviously, Harper more, but, um, you know, Machado is a huge name. So I it, it definitely shocks me, too, Tony. I thought we would hear more about him so far. But you know what? Uh, winter meetings are coming up, so I feel like there's going to be a lot more rolling on the Machado uh, side of things coming up here. I think the chances of Machado going back to the Dodgers are relatively high, opposed to the chances of Harper going to a different team are also relatively high. So I think that's why that's more so generated a little bit more buzz within itself is that Harper's for sure pretty much probably not going back to the Nationals. Even though they just signed Patrick Corbin, like he's still probably not going back to the Nationals. However, on the other hand, I really think that it's like a 50-50 shot that 50% Manny Machado goes right back to the fucking Dodgers, 50% he tries it out with a different ball club. So I, well, think... I just I just thought you'd hear a little bit more like rumor mill generated around him, you know, like 
All that I've he's, seen about Manny Machado is like everybody thinking that he's going to go back to the Dodgers. Well, and I mean they've got Corey Seager coming back at some point too, so you, you got to look at that as well. I, I I really don't think he's a fit there. Justin Turner uh, for Jose Abreu straight up? Would you say? No, I don't need a, you know, Justin Turner to play third base. I think there's a lot better options than Justin Turner. I'd rather. I would rather. There's not a lot of better options than Justin. I would rather move. Options. I would rather you. I would rather see the White Sox move Moncada over to third base and sign a, you know. Um, Sign who's the that, twins just on? Who's, uh, who's that guy? Not no, not Choop. Um, uh, out of Colorado. Lemay- oh my God! Wait, 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 wait! I'm not letting that slide under the cracks. What? Johnny, I know you heard that. Wait, what was that, Tony? I said who the twins what? just signed. Oh, Shoop. He said not Shoop. You said it too. Isn't it? It's Scoop. Jonathan Scope, isn't it? Scope, Scoop, yeah. Shoop. We're going to have a lot of pronunciation errors on hey, this. Hey, man, I'm, I'm like, the official. I'm 100%. Dude, that's a fucking all-star. We know how to pronounce his name. It's Jonathan Scope. It's Shoop. Shoop. It's looks like Shoop. It looks like Shoop. It's Scope. It's it probably Scope, but, but it's, Turner. it's Shoop. I will mispronounce ballplayers' last names Can episode 26 of Shy Sox Weekly just be a fucking, just us mispronouncing and correctly pronouncing just really hard to pronounce names and there's just the baseball world like this yeah is I say why i'm not in the broadcast box i mean that it's 100 percent obvious nobody would want to hear me just butcher names you, you know who'd be a be really that, good you'd be that little league announcer that everybody like looks up at when he's doing like the starting lineups like this dude just can't fucking get it right yeah exactly you know who'd be a great guest for us it would be gene honda I think he could help us really nail in some of these names. Jesus. <laughs> I think Gene Honda would, would, would help us. I, I don't know how those guys do it. Uh, you know, having to pronounce some of these names that, that are across the MLB. I mean, we don't, we, we could get spelling. That, that's how they do it. Yeah. Well, we couldn't get, uh, Robert, Robert, right. And now we've got Cologne, Colome. I think every White Sox fan had that wrong for the longest time because, like, everyone and their mother thought it was Robert, and then his dad came out and said, and like, his I don't think his dad even speaks English, but then it was it was an interview or something like that when uh, he had said that it's pronounced Robert, just like you know, like the first name, American first name, Robert, which is weird for like a Latin American, you know, pronunciation. Of yeah, you expected that to have like a little more flair, but it doesn't. So. Yeah. Makes it easier for us, I guess. But, I mean, let's let's move along from pronunciations for just a little bit here. It is Jonathan Scope, by the way. It's Scope. Okay. Ten, ten points for you, John. Good for you. We yeah, could we guess. could get a we could get a scoreboard up for pronunciations. You could you know ring me off on every single one, and every one that you get right, you can you can keep score if you want, John. I'm no, honestly, I feel like a dick. Never mind. <laughs> then I'll, t- I'll take my 10 points here because you guys both said Colome. Colome is the uh, phonetic spelling. Colome or Colome? C- capital C-O-L-E. And then, you know, the end is the same either way. I feel like, like Colony, Colony. Colony. We could have. Uh... But, yeah. 
I, I just... But here's the other thing, though, is you guys got to realize that when we record Shy Sox Weekly, you're supposed to have at least three to four beers in you before you even start pressing the record button. And John's drinking water tonight, so he can actually navigate <laughs> the internet and get to what the you know correct pronunciations are. I'm just going, you know, as I see fit. And I'm sure Johnny is as well. Bushlight for days. <laughs> you should. That's who our sponsor should be. I'm sure you could work on that. Definitely Although should. I don't even know if I would drink Bushlight if we got it for free. I'm sorry, I can't drink that shit. Well, then you just give yours to me and I'll drink it all. Sounds good. Probably just lost our sponsorship right then and there. Working Moving on that Budweiser on. <laughs> sponsorship. Moving uh, on. Yeah, free moving agency on. is kind of uh, starting to get kicked into gear here we've seen a couple of um like higher tier free agents get signed over the last couple of days um saw patrick corbin get signed to the nationals on a pretty lofty six-year contract um jonathan scope (laughs) obviously just signed with i'm gonna let you try and pronounce this next one (laughs) and then nathan evaldi is um going back to the red sox which i didn't really think was gonna happen to be honest, I thought that they kind of used him up, and they were basically like, here, someone else, like, take whatever you can salvage out of this arm that basically just almost pitched over 100 innings in the fucking postseason. Like, how many innings did that guy end up throwing in the postseason? Too uh, many. I don't know. That's that, that's a good question, but he threw, what, eight in the 15-16 inning game? Yeah, he had to have thrown at least 40 innings in that postseason. At least. He got the job done, and he earned he sure his did. money there. Yeah, no, he earned he sure his money. Is, he sure as fuck did. But I thought he earned his money elsewhere is what I'm getting at. I didn't think the Red Sox were going to try and, you know, put their hat in that ring, so to say, and they ended up coming out winners. <laughs> that was one guy that I thought that the White Sox were definitely going to go after. I'm not sure if they offered him. If they did, good for them. But honestly, I didn't see too much about them offering I didn't him at all. I, I didn't have, see really any I team. I have seen them. I have seen them be rumored to be interested in J.A. Happ, who is still available. Um, I haven't really seen anything this offseason about Dallas Keuchel, who is currently a free agent. I don't know if people know that or not. <laughs> um, that, that, that's kind of my dark horse, who I think like the White Sox could definitely pursue. But I really want to see what type of money he's asking for, because if he's asking yeah, for like a Corbin-type deal or anything even in that, of that nature, fuck no. Yeah, no, that's that's another thing too, John. Like you said, you know, some of these guys there's a lot of like smoke surrounding them, but then you get to guys like Keiko there, you haven't heard anything, nothing at all. So at least maybe I'm looking the wrong places, but I who's have... honestly on the decline, in my opinion. Yeah, I, well, I would have to look at you look I would at, have to look at advanced metrics, but yeah, um, just and, looking at stats in general. Well, and the other thing about Keiko that I like. He was actually somebody, John, that you and I talked about. I think it was either the first or second episode of Shy Sox Weekly that he is absolutely welcome on the on the south side because, because of what he said he about the that, Cubs. Yeah. yeah, because of what he said about the Cubs. Um, as far as Keuchel goes, he's one of those guys that I I've never really been able to pinpoint. You know what he really is because he'll at some point, look like a Cy Young award-winning pitcher, 
and at other points in time, it looks like the guy cannot figure it out. Um, it, I don't know if I want a guy like that really, you know, in a rotation that's competing over the next four or five years. Uh, I'm not sure what he's looking at on on length of contract. I'm okay with him on a one to two year deal, but he's not going to sign for that. No, so, not at all. Because I mean, in two years, he's not going to get any money. He's he's going to try and cash out right now. This is his ticket out. This is his ticket into retirement. Is the contract that he signs right now? Because what is he already like? Thirty one, thirty two. He's not young. So there's no way he's on the other side of thirty. So I'm going to look it up right now. While we calculate thirty years old. Okay, let's exactly. Talk about so if the he fact signs. That- Let's talk about something here, though, that that's kind of concerning to me is the fact that the free agent market for starting pitching right now, outside of J.A. Happ and Dallas Keuchel, is pretty non-existent. It's very thin. And the Sox are already down, what is it, two, three rotation spots that we need to fill. What are we going to be looking at? when we start the year as far as a starting pitching staff, because I, I guess you're rolling in here with uh, Rodon, Giolito, Lopez. Did we re-sign Hector Santiago yet? I feel like that's something that we did. I don't think we did unless it was done under the radar. But and if we didn't, didn't, I feel like it's something we probably might do. Yeah, but again, you go and you make these moves and you want to sign Bryce Harper like – we're in this kind of like straddle the fence spot that it's making me really uncomfortable, you know, sitting on top of the fence here trying to figure out what we're going to do next year. Um, are are they going to have to trade for starting pitching at some point this off season? Or are they going to let some young guys come up? Cause do you really expect Dylan cease to be in this rotation at the beginning of the year? I think that, they're going to have to acquire an ace-level starter somehow over the next calendar year from this GM meetings until next year's GM meetings. They have to somehow fill that gap. I think Corbin was really their only free agent ticket to that this year. Obviously, next year there's going to be other options. So it, I think they're really just in limbo in terms of competing. They need to go and offer Bryce now because obviously he's not going to be around next year. But just because they're offering Bryce now doesn't mean that they're going to be ready to build a World Series caliber team this year. It's going to take this offseason and next offseason, in my opinion. But you have to start molding it together now. I think he's doing it with the bullpen. I think his focus right now is on the bullpen. And we kind of saw that with the Narvaez trade. And we're going to see it with minor signings and minor moves and maybe one big signing of a bullpen piece over the offseason. I hope that we're going to see – I mean, Tony, you know who I really want the White Sox to sign. I've been talking about it for like three weeks straight. That isn't Bryce Harper or Manny Machado. I really want the Sox to go out and get Michael Brantley. I want them to go and fill these needs. I want them to go and sign someone that's going to play third base or at least take third base reps from Yomer Sanchez. Like, I want guys that are going to go out there and are going to compete for wins every day. And obviously starting pitching is a main focus for that, but there's so many other holes that they need to fill that I'm not really worried on if they fill that starting pitching void right now or not. Yeah, but you're going to get you're going to get 
you're going to get frustrated watching what they're throwing out there because I don't think Lucas Giolito and then two no-named guys are going to be what you want to watch. I just get so mad when I just see Lucas Giolito now. Like, and I think Jordan is like partial to that. Like, I just fucking hate Lucas Giolito now. They absolutely need to get at least one starting pitcher. I, I was at the beginning of this offseason. I was saying too. I mean, it sucks that those options are down now. I was really hoping for uh, Ivaldi. Um, but that honestly, was the I think, one I, guy that I, I really think, wanted to get. I know, same here. But I think they're. I think they're going to make a run at Keuchel. I mean. Granted, like you said, they're not going to go and lock him up for if he's looking for like six, like Corbin got. Um, I really think they're, they're going to get J.A. I really yeah. do think that they're going to get Honestly, that's, that's like you can just like kind of get the vibe of like, you know, like seeing these guys fall off the, um, you know, off the hot stove that are signing. And then you're like, oh, wow, the Sox are really going to go get this 36 year old guy who's just going to fill this rotation spot for what, two years? Um, that That's kind of what it feels like right now. But um, maybe, maybe a trade in there, honestly, because there's, there are two gaping holes right there to fill. Like when Tony was listening off our possible, um, you know, beginning of the year rotation, who else are you going to put there? Are you going to bullpen those games? Eh, I don't know. Uh, other than, uh, I'd uh, rather not I, be the Rays. No, you're going to Dylan Covey those games. Ooh, that's. That's even worse, man. I'm I'm kidding. I'm being sarcastic. I'm trying to get away from the Blackhawks hockey talk of, like, non, you know, major league ready talent or NHL ready talent and and think about what it would be like to watch one of my favorite teams actually field all positions with, you know, top level I I did really enjoy those, like, uh, Nick Schmaltz hate videos you guys were putting out. I don't even know who that dude is, but I feel like I fucking hate him, too, now, so. (laughs) If we put that same energy towards Dylan Covey hate videos, or Juan Mania hate videos, videos, or Adam (laughs) Adam Angle hate videos. Okay, wait, no, that's another thing. Like, so is he going to be this, is he going to have his same role next year, or is he finally going to move into the role that he's meant for, which is being like a fourth outfielder bench? Okay, but how many, all right, so how many fourth outfielder bench guys can you have? That's my question. Exactly, that's tough, because it's like, you know. Who are the other ones? Well, you've got. Lure Garcia, you've got I mean technically well, Adam Engel. Well you just got rid of Matt Davidson, so that kind of gets rid of Palka as an outfielder in general. I really think he's just gonna be a DH. I think last year was kind of his tryout in the field and he didn't do too hot. Well, I mean you're gonna you're gonna slot in a lot of those outfield reps, I think, to Eloy Jimenez. Honestly. Not exactly. not as as far as like yeah, come come know, third week of April, position, Eloy but... will be in either yeah, most likely right field. I would guess, maybe left. So who would you rather have in that spot for quote unquote fourth outfielder? Nicky Delmonico. Well, or yeah, that's Adam another Angle. name. You've got Luria. You've got Nicky Delmonico. Vine. Luria Garcia is more so uh, just an all around utility guy, though. I wouldn't really consider he could he could slot in for a backup shortstop slash second base kind of guy as well. You don't need him. My like, thing is those. You I don't can't put have, him in that category. You can't have five guys who are like bench. You easily players. could when one of them is Larry Garcia. 
you can have two guys on your fucking bench that aren't catchers that one of them can play just outfield and the other one can play literally any position on the diamond. But okay, so you've got, off the top of my head, you've got Zavala, you've got Delmonico, you've got uh, Larry Garcia. You'd ideally have Yolmer there as well. We're already at four. Uh, if you do sign a Michael Brantley or, as some people have suggested, Nelson Cruz, well, yeah, exactly. you've got to put so Paul you go sign those as well, guys, you're at five. Goodbye to all of them. If you sign any of those guys, then fuck what we had last year. Exactly. But I'm saying if we don't make any noise outfield-wise, like, I don't know. I just really want to know what the fuck we do with Adam Angle. <laughs> Because I don't want to see him hit at all anymore. I wish there was like a designated fielder. Because I used to always think this with Alexei Ramirez too. Hey, Ramirez especially had some towards, pretty clutch home runs. Yeah, over the no, yeah, of his he definitely did. But especially towards the tail end of his career, like he was unbearable to watch in, in the box. But his field, his fielding was just so fucking nice, dude. So it's like one of those things where I really wish that was a fucking position. You just had a designated fielder. We should talk about that one day. Adam Engel would be a great, you know, designated guy. Like on who the would be field. who would be the all-time great designated fielders in in the MLB? That that would be a, a really good segment, and I'd have to do some research on it before we oh, put it obviously. together. Yeah, no, we're not doing that right now. But yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. that's where we're at with this. I think is. <laughs> You start to hear some of this, you know, Bryce Harper talk, and then you wonder, well, what are we doing with some of these other guys? And I think that's the frustrating part. Now that you like, I actually let it kind of cement into my brain. Is there's still a lot of like crap on this team that doesn't really fit or gel together as a competitive ball club. And the the thing that frustrates me is you look at even any other team in the AL Central and it's just not they're not competitive teams and this is a perfect opportunity to be jumping all over that yeah so you say that's interesting that you bring that up so the Indians were rumored to kind of be sellers quote unquote this offseason but they haven't really moved much or really had any traction of moves since they said that they just re-signed uh, Carrasco, too, today. Did they really? I didn't see that. So, yeah, exactly. So, it's interesting that you say that, but then at the same time, the Twins go and sign a pretty solid second baseman in Jonathan Scope, who's not someone that you're going to want to go and spend. I think they spent like $8 million to get him for the one year. That's not someone that you're going to want to spend. Like, you're not going to want to spend that money if you're not trying to win games next year. The Twins see that their window is pretty much right now as well, so we're gonna see all the. I don't. I, I'm. It's gonna be interesting to see what other AL Central teams add this offseason. Well, and so far, I mean, I, we we had a bullpen piece. They had a second baseman. It's been it's been minor moves that teams have added. Not that scopes minor, but you know. Uh, you got the uh, the Royals rumored around uh, Billy Hamilton too, so there there's there's additions being made into the Central. Oh, can you imagine him in Kauffman fucking field, Kauffman Stadium? Well, 
uh, I think there was like a Right Sox tweet or whatever that said, watch him go like hit 350 against the Sox and become like the ultimate Sox killer. And it's sad that I can actually envision that happening because he would just run laps around Wellington Castillo this year. (laughs) It would be just so bad to watch. Um, but see, that's the thing that I want to, I want to get away from. I'm, I'm dying to get away from this like laughable, you know, that's just white Sox. You know what I mean? Like I, I want to see the organization flip into a different, you know, era where it's not laughable to be, you know, white Sox, this white Sox, that I want to see them be able to command that AL central. And I think that's what we all want. And that's what, I, I, I'm sure Rick Hahn wants to see happen. So how do we get there? You know? Yeah, exactly. All right. So obviously we still have to get to our interview with Sabi Savala. So we are going to probably talk about like one or two more things before we uh, slot that interview in and then wrap this episode up. Um, one thing that I did want to kind of like briefly bring up, we don't really have to talk too in depth about it, is I already know you guys saw Eloy Jimenez get that hit off Bartolo Colon or Bartolo Colon in the Dominican Winter League. The big baby versus big sexy. Exactly. And Tony, your non-reaction is basically telling me that I don't think you saw that, did you? I absolutely did. I'm sorry. Oh. I had to take a little pause there because I was screaming at my TV because Artem Anisimov just fucking put the Hawks ahead. Yes. I know Johnny saw that. He I saw it. He understood why there was a little bit of silence there. <laughs> uh, Johnny and I have Blackhawks game playing right now. Um, big goal for the Hawks. This is not four feathers, so I won't go into more details on that. But I did see that. It was absolutely hilarious. Uh, the, the amount of promotion around that – um, I forget who it was, but somebody put a tweet out that said, see, Eloy Jimenez can hit a major league pitching. And I thought, <laughs> I thought that was just such a great tweet. Um, That's a good one. Know, I didn't see that. That's, ultimate, that's pretty funny. I, 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 I'm going to have to go figure out who, who, who made that tweet and give them the proper credit for that. But it, it really it hit, hit home. Um, Eloy Jimenez is down there working on his defense and hitting major league pitching. It's great to see. Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> Eloy Jimenez can hit major league pitching. That's, that's then, all I need to know. Another thing that kind of stirred up the Twitter sphere. This was yesterday, actually, that this all came about was um, the Dodgers are reportedly interested in maybe trading for Jose Abreu. So I don't know. There's obviously a lot of speculation that's going to come about that. But I'll tell you what, right now, everybody, I don't want anybody with the last name Puig, Peterson, or Bellinger on the fucking White Sox. (laughs) So I would. I don't I would, really know what. We, I mean, we're not going to get Walker Bueller out of that. No shot. I would absolutely take Cody Bellinger, but I just none of that is going to materialize. That is all just the Dodgers are interested. They're going to talk, and then nothing's going to come about it. Abreu will be starting at first base for the White Sox oh, come March twenty ninth, twenty nineteen. 28th. We actually 28th. established we, this. We did establish this. And are you sure, Tony? 
I'm absolutely positive. Uh, so let's let's well, talk about let's Thanks talk about John on Twitter. Now that we bring up Twitter, um, oh, this is the perfect segue into this. Uh, John, you went to what was it? A Northwestern basketball game? Is, am I? Yeah. Am I all right. Correctly? So okay. Yeah. Actually, no. Continue. I'll give my story when it's time. Right. But yeah, it was a Northwestern so, basketball game. So the Northwestern basketball game. Um, and you're lucky I didn't bring this up earlier because I was actually you were going, going to, to, but Johnny slid it down the um, uh, rundown once you got straight into uh, Kalame. So no, actually, I I slid that down the rundown. Um, oh, that was that was my move because uh, I wanted to make sure that we actually got to this. Um, you know, John went to a Northwestern basketball game. You also went to a Northwestern football game too. If in the same week, baby. In the same and they week. They lost so him. John's, Actually, no, they won the basketball game. What am I talking about? <laughs> John's been living it up a little bit. Uh, John, you posted on Twitter that day. I'm, I'm trying to get back here. I've, I've got your Twitter feed pulled up. Um, John, we've talked about you know your, your actions on Twitter before. Um, I want to say that uh, this, this, was, this was a good move at heart, uh, but. It was poorly executed, just a little bit. Uh, November 28th, I'm in the Wilson Club at Welsh Arena. Unlimited hot dogs and nachos. How many hot dogs can I pound before this game ends? I wish it had times. I was going to say cash. Didn't really think uh, a lot of my new Twitter viewership was going to understand the lingo on that. So, all right, I'm going to take the wheel on it from here, and I'll let you – Cut back in, but I want to kind of give a little bit of a background on the situation. So my buddy calls me up Wednesday morning, and he goes, hey, what are you doing tonight? And I was like, nothing working. And he was like, all right, we'll try and get off work. I got two tickets to the Northwestern Georgia Tech game. And I was like, all right, for sure. A game that I really didn't have, like, an extreme interest in going to like, it's not like, like some certain games come up on the schedule and I'm like, Oh shit, I have to go to that. Like that football game that Saturday, like the big 10 championship, I had to go to that. So typically Wednesday, like weekday basketball games, I stay away from, I'm not going to spend money to go to those. So he offered me the tickets and I was all for it. I was like, all right, cool. He he tells me that they're club tickets. Like there's, there's sweet seats. And I was like, dude, Holy shit. Like now I'm super hyped to go. Because Welsh Ryan Arena just got these brand new renovations. So my first experience in this fucking new arena is going to be in this like super expensive, like quote unquote high rollers club. Like I literally met like a bunch. I met a former like Northwestern basketball player. Like this is where like all like the alumni go. And it was just nice as fuck, dude. You could literally get beer in there, which I never knew was a thing. Like most college uh, campuses, you're not supposed to be able to get alcohol or purchase alcohol at these venues. So, or at least for Northwestern, because it's a private school. I don't know if you can do it at U of I, Johnny. But, um, yeah. So we pull up, and there's this like huge line for this buffet. And it's just like a five course meal. There's like an appetizer. I forgot what the fuck it was. There's like barbecue brisket, cornbread, like mashed potatoes, green beans, corn, mac and cheese. And I fucking filled up like a whole plate, dude. Like I literally was maxing out. And as we as we're finishing, I'm going to throw my plate out. 
And this lady goes, yeah, just so you know, I'm not sure if you would notice, but there's the nacho bar and the hot dog bar, and you could just help yourself. And, like, I was like, help me. Like, I can literally go grab as many hot dogs as I want. And the lady was like, yeah, like, the, like once you're in the suite, you can, you can help yourself. And I was like, all right, sounds good. And that was when I made the tweet. Right there in that moment. And I, I honestly regretted it after I ate the first two hot dogs because I was like, dude, it's going to be so hard to sit here and stomach, like, nine plus hot dogs so i don't know if you noticed or not but in the first on the first two hot dogs i just put mustard and celery salt and then on the third and fourth hot dogs i put like i tried to go big and i put like sport peppers like relished onions mustard celery salt like and that was that's what did me in was me putting all the toppings on the third and the fourth hot dog. I was fucking stuffed after that, dude. And it was halftime, and I had honestly forgot about it because the game was starting to get really exciting. And um, they had, at halftime, they had busted out this, like, ice cream bar and cookie bar, and they had all these desserts. And I was so ready to move the fuck on from the hot dogs and just go to the ice cream bar and pig out, like, a total fat ass. Because, like, in those situations, you have to take advantage of that, dude. It's free fucking food. So, like, I don't know. My, my buddy's sitting here munching on, like, an ice cream cookie sandwich, and I just want it so bad. So I sit there, and I go back, and I make the fifth and sixth hot dog. I take, like, two bites out of the fifth hot dog, and I literally hit the fucking wall. Like, I was like, I can't eat anymore. And I was like, I can't just eat half a hot dog. So I forced myself to eat that fifth hot dog. Looked at the sixth one and was just disgusted and just gave it to my buddy. So, yes, ultimately bitched out in the end for only having five hot dogs. But had I known about the hot dogs before I had known about the brisket dinner, I'm pounding at least seven. At least seven. So that's what I wanted to bring up, John, was poor execution on the the hot dog eating um, tweets. You know, you could have saved yourself just a little bit of the the agony by not bringing that up and enjoying five hot dogs because i feel like if you're gonna eat five hot dogs or six hot dogs you're doing it for a reason oh 100 you know you're doing it for a reason i'm I, we're gonna give you a redemption chance here i don't know if you guys have ever watched tosh.0 how they do like the, the web redemption the web, the web redemption web redemption we're gonna give shy socks janda a web redemption and either John, you can you can pick where you want to do this. If you want to, I'll do just it do on it on a, the next episode of Shy Sox Weekly. I'll if you want to do Mike, it on the next Mike episode Golick of Shy Sox, eat the whole episode. Yes. Yeah, so if you want to do it on the next episode of Shy Sox Weekly, or if you want to do it at the stadium, in front of everybody, we're gonna see if Shy Sox Janda can get seven to nine hot dogs down next time. Oh God! It'd have to what be on a Wednesday. Think? I'm not spending five, six dollars on on each hot dog. I'm pretty sure yeah, we, we can we, get. We got to have confirmation here. This has to be a dollar dog Wednesday next year. So let's just sit and brew all off season so we can build up your, um, you know, kind of well that, but you know, kind of your um, redemption tactics. How you're gonna go about it? I'm just gonna fucking wake up yeah. every day for the next six months and just crack a egg yolk straight into my fucking mouth. Yeah, and, something like that. Yeah. Uh, see, that's what we're looking for. We want to, like, drag this out as long as possible. So it, it has to be in person, Tony. I pre, you know, you're nice about giving them the gesture there. 
about whenever he wants to do it. But no, this has got to be at the ballpark. <laughs> got to be at the rate, baby. Yeah, first, first, or oh, whatever. First dollar dog Wednesday that you're at. Well, I think we all need to be there. We need an official judge. Yeah. Um, it has to be, you know, live tweeted. And, I mean, if we're doing this official, uh, we, should, we should make it official. You know how official it's going to be? I'm literally going to bring my own thing of celery salt in my in my coat or shorts or whatever I may be wearing. And that's all I'm going to put on the hot dogs. And I'm well, going to eat at least time. Well, see, that's the thing. Is if I, if I, wanted, if I wanted to coach you through this, but I got, I got to the time. Twitter a little bit late. And I was like, why is he loading these with, you know, sport peppers and stuff? Because you're going to either give yourself, like, some sort of acid reflux or, you know, whatever. I'm sure, like you said, they they were offering beer. But you, there's strategy around this. And we, oh, the beer was free, too, by the way. Yeah, so we can we can help you get around some of this. I'm not saying that you need to do a full 999 challenge. What I'm saying is if you know anybody that is plugged up within the Northwestern community and offers you to go to a Northwestern game in the Wilson Club, you go no hesitation. And you make an absolute fool of yourself drinking all the free beer in the world. Obviously, you have to tip, but that's besides the point. So free beer, free beer. the best type of beer is cold. The second best type, or excuse me, the best type of beer is free. The second best second type is cold. cold. Yeah, sorry. Yep. I, I'm distracted by the Blackhawks here. It. Absolutely. Um, you know, Johnny, this would have been a really good night to record Four Feathers, like we were talking about a little bit earlier. Uh, a nice little live reaction game. They're actually yeah, somewhat he, in this. You I mean, you me, guys want to hear me have a brain aneurysm on here? <laughs> <laughs> we we could, uh, but I don't think the uh, the the Cubs fans that are Four Feathers listeners would uh, would appreciate all the White Sox talk that that we've brought tonight. Um, John, you wanted to get to one thing. I know we're running way later than uh, than what we had originally planned for. Do we want to do our way too early opening day lineup predictions? You know, uh, I had originally to wanted to do that this episode. But I'm actually going to let that simmer, and I think we're going to go ahead and we're going to do that next episode just so that I have a little bit more time to plan for it and maybe like a move or two will happen to kind of form that for us. Yeah, let's not do that before the winter meetings. Um, I think that's almost about a good time to get to our interview with uh, what could be an opening day uh, roster, White Sox catcher, Sebi Zavala. Sebi Zavala train's about to roll in. Uh, guys, do we have anything that we want to talk about a little bit before we get to that, or are you guys ready to get to that? Choo-choo, motherfucker. Choo-choo, motherfucker. Let's do it. <laughs> Tony, do you hear that? Fuck yeah, I hear that. What is that? Yeah, that's the, that's the Sebi Zavala train rolling it's in. Sebi Zavala train. There we go. We are on with none other than... Sebi Zavala from the Chicago White Sox organization. Sebi, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Not too bad. We're doing Not great. Too bad. We're excited. excited to have yeah. you on. Very excited yeah. to have you on. Excited to be here. All right. So, John, you want to start it off with uh, the first questions that we have for, for Mr. Zavala here? Yeah. So, obviously, um, being a catcher in the White Sox organization, um, you're seeing all these moves of the White Sox getting rid of basically every MLB-ready catcher that they had last year. Not MLB-ready, but MLB-serviced catcher that they had last year. Does that kind of excite you heading into spring training, 
knowing that there might be an open roster spot on opening day for you to make the Chicago White Sox? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's always exciting uh, when you get the opportunity to uh, to start with the team uh, to break camp. Um, you know, obviously my goal is to go in ready to play um, at the big league level, but uh, we'll see what happens and, and I'll be ready. Good stuff, Sebi. Now, you participated in spring training last year, um, uh-huh. and then you spent some time in AA and AAA over the past past uh, past season. Uh, Sebi, what was the biggest difference between AA and AAA uh, that you found last year? You know, uh, the main thing that I I figured out is uh, the players are a lot smarter um, in AA. You get some smart players here and there, but a lot of the guys, you know, they have they have extreme talents. They throw hard. They have good breaking balls. They have good off speed. Um, so there, it's it's a little diff, a lot more difficult um, hitting because they're it's a lot more of a power league. Um, when you get to AAA, these guys are a little bit more established. Maybe they've been in the big leagues a little bit. Um, so they're a little bit more crafty. I'm um, speaking on the pitching side. So the the hitting gets a little bit more difficult. Um, they're smarter. They attack you differently. Um, they they can expose you a little bit better than at Double A. So all around, players are a little bit better. Um, maybe not as consistent as as the big league level, but it's definitely a lot more fun. Um, a lot more of a thinking game in Triple A. So you said the pitching is uh, you might have like a couple big league guys in there. Was there anybody that you faced last year that you can remember that was like an um, MLB pitcher? Well, I faced Wade Miley in Double A, um, and you know he's a big leaguer. And he was really good. He he really uh, exposed those guys who got outside of their game plan. Uh, in the Triple A level, you know I just missed a couple guys. Um, Max Freedy got hurt right before we were about to face him. Uh, you know all the young Braves guys. I just missed those guys. Um, you know no no one really off the top of my head. I do know. Some of the guys did get called up in trip in uh, September, but no, not off the top of my head. But there's a lot of good pitchers in that league um, that I faced. Oh. <clears throat> good. Now talking about um, the, the catching side here, Sebi, you've mm-hmm. you've gotten the chance to not only face major league pitch, well, major league ready pitching, but you've also gotten the chance to catch it. Uh, who mm-hmm. in the White Sox organization uh, do you yeah, you know, have the best rapport with who do you think the best, uh, your pure talent guy down there, double A, triple A, uh, that the White Sox have in their organization? Maybe not somebody that somebody like that the average fan would think of, but you know, we all hear about the Michael Kopex, the, the, the Dylan mm-hmm. Ceases, but who, who really brings the heat? Who's, who's got the best movement? Is there somebody that really stands out to you? Yeah. So you brought up Kopech and Cease, you know, those guys are real fun to catch. Because they have real electric stuff, but you know, some of the, there's some back end guys in the bullpen who, who I really enjoy catching. You know, they're they're really aggressive. They don't they're not really scared of making mistakes. Um, you got Hamilton Burr. You got Caleb Frere that we just uh, we just got in the middle of the season. Um, you know, we got the lefties Bummer, uh, Chase Fry. We got this other guy uh, Ruiz who uh, we got, I want to say, maybe in spring training. But, man, these guys have electric arms. They're really fun to watch uh, play. And 
and they're they're not scared of anyone. Minor leagues, big leagues, they're they're ready to attack. It's really fun to watch. So Tony had mentioned earlier that uh, you were in spring training last year. Um, I was actually the first spring training game that I was like watching on TV was that game that you hit the three run home run against the uh-huh. Brewers. Yeah. What was it? What was that feeling like to kind of be on that stage and kind of deliver in one of your earlier at bats in spring training? Yeah, um, that that was a that was a good feeling. That was actually towards the I think the end of spring training because I, I want to say I was already in minor league camp and <clears throat> at that point they they just needed a guy to come catch. Um, I think I caught maybe like six or seven innings that game. So they just needed a guy to come fill in, and I, you know, I had I got an opportunity to play, and I got a pitch to, that I could handle, and I I did some damage to it, and you know, it, it was a good feeling to show them what I what I could do. Um, and anytime you get the opportunity and you uh, succeed, it's it's a good feeling. Yeah, the power has definitely been on display. Um... I was looking at some Arizona Fall League footage, and I saw you had hit like a 460 foot home run at one point. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was a surprise. I can't remember who was off of, but yeah, I remember that. Absolute bomb. Mhm. Yeah, those are those are fun to to hit. You know, you, when the you second you hit smooth, it. Yeah, the second you hit it, you really don't feel anything. It's just a smooth, nice swing and. You know, those, those, that's a feeling that we're trying to chase as hitters all the time. And, and when you do connect, it's it's definitely gratifying. So uh, what's your preferred number? We've seen you – I've seen you wear a, a bunch of different numbers since you uh, joined the White Sox organization. Would it be like your college yeah. number? Um, no, thir- 36 was kind of just given to me in college. I really didn't have uh, – didn't really hold any weight. Um you know, I, I've been wearing 19 when I get a chance, and they gave me 21 when I got drafted, and I, I kind of like that number. But I've been wearing thir- uh, 19 a lot for uh, Tony Gwynn. Uh, I like to, uh, you know, he really helped me a lot in college, and, um, yeah, I just like to pay tribute, and, and uh, I recognize him a lot in, in my success. And, yeah, it's just a way to pay a little bit of tribute to uh, to Tony Gwynn. It's awesome. San Diego State, guys. Yeah, Sebi, what what baseball team did you grow up rooting for? Was it was it the San Diego Padres? No, I, I grew up in LA, and uh, my whole family they're all Dodger fans. I'm a Dodger, or I was a Dodger fan growing up. <laughs> Good save. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, you know how it is. Uh, you know, I don't think that feeling will ever go away. I get. I don't know if you guys have ever been to Dodger Stadium, but uh, going up to the stadium, there's uh, you got to go up a hill and to this day, when I go to Dodger Stadium, I'll, I'll get goosebumps going up that hill, and I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think that feeling will ever go away. But, um, but yeah, growing up being a Dodger fan, now if I ever played the Dodgers, number one goal is to beat them. So that feeling goes away real quick when they're your opponents. That's something that I think uh, not many people like. Kind of, you know, get that full perspective. You know. As, mm-hmm. as somebody who's not a professional athlete, you know, I, we're all fans of the sport. That's why we play it, um, unless you're right. w- weird. I know there's some, some baseball <laughs> guys out there who, <laughs> who absolutely hate the game of baseball. Um, yeah. Talking about Anthony Rendon. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it, you know there's, 
all of you guys have a favorite team. Is that something that you guys ever like joke about, talk about uh, in the locker room? Is that something that you guys you know openly express, like who your favorites are, or is that just kind of something that you're there, you're working, you guys don't talk about that shit? Yeah, um, I think like uh, like maybe when we first got drafted or something, that, that's something that's talked about. Uh, maybe thrown around maybe a couple times a year, but not not that much. I, I think once you're playing this game uh, a little bit, a couple years into this game, it kind of that that feeling fades away, and no one really talks about it as much. But <clears throat> maybe early on in your career in the minor leagues, but like I said, that feeling never goes away. And maybe five, six, seven years into the big leagues, um, that's something people consider. But for now, you know, the main goal is to to be successful in the big leagues and and that doesn't really matter with what team. So you mentioned that, you know, you get the the goosebumps when you, you know, go into Dodger Stadium. I mean, what would it what would it be like for you to get a chance to, you know, start behind the plate for the White Sox at a game in, in Dodger Stadium, man? Oh, I, I mean, that that'd be awesome. I I have I've never been to Chicago and I'm and I'm sure the first time I go to Chicago hopefully uh Hopefully soon. That'd be awesome. But um, yeah, going to Chicago, I'm, I'm sure I'm gonna get the same goosebumps. And uh, and you know, I love this game. And and anytime you get to compete at the highest level, you know your adrenaline's pumping, and and, and those goosebumps come back. So um, back to your original question, starting at Dodger Stadium would be awesome. Um, but but yeah, the I know the fans in Chicago are waiting for a good team and. And I think uh, we have one coming up in the minor leagues, and it's going to be fun to watch. So you just said that you've never been to Chicago. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of good food in Chicago. I don't know if you know yeah. about this. Uh, that's yeah. what I've heard. A lot of my family's been to Chicago. In the yeah. What is your, like, favorite type of food to eat? Um, me being a Mexican, I, I love Mexican food. Um but you know, I I can go for anything Italian. I heard they have really good Italian, which I'm I'm all about. They do, yeah. So you definitely got to check out. They got pizza, great yeah. pizza. Like anywhere you go in Chicago, on the corner, great pizza places. That's awesome. So it's the food capital of the world. Is what yeah, I, like I love. To it. I, I love to go uh, eat out and enjoy enjoy some good food. Sebi, are you oh, a yeah. fro- are you a frozen pizza guy? <laughs> that's what i was trying to get to. no not really they got a lot of that stuff out there <laughs> we got a lot of that yeah stuff. we got a lot of that stuff <laughs> nope no frozen pizza yeah. for you what's your what's your no, like you know what's your go-to like i'm at home uh i just gotta throw something on real quick probably not the just healthiest choice quick thing yeah what's your um, go-to what's your go-to food there let's see some quick i might just have to go like some ground beef uh ground beef and rice or something quick Okay. Yeah, just something easy, quick to something kind of healthy, you know. But you know, if I'm going out, I'm going to go to a, a taco truck or something, get some tacos. Hell yeah. yeah. Do you guys have any taco trucks out there? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, not in the wintertime. <laughs> Actually, but, there are. I, I worked downtown. There was a taco truck just parked right outside my building the other day. A taco it truck and a, Her- and a Harold's chicken truck. That Harold's chicken truck, dude, it smells fantastic. You definitely have to check out Harold's chicken if you come out here. That's awesome. I definitely will. Or when you come out here. <laughs> so so um, on, on the topic of food, I want to I want to drill in a little bit more here. Uh, Sebi, on the, on the road, you know what what's the worst town 
that you visited in your minor league <laughs> career with just the absolute like worst food, worst hotel? Is there somewhere that you have that sticks uh, out? The one that comes to mind is Charleston, West Virginia. We're playing the West Virginia Power, and you know I don't know if you guys have ever been there, but there's not too much to to eat or see or or to do really. Um, so I I definitely have to put that up there. Charleston, West Virginia. Just the worst town in America. <laughs> well, yeah. thanks. I'm I'm never gonna I'm never gonna visit there. <laughs> Not that I had it in my Maybe. plans at all. I just took that off my vacation destination list. <laughs> they do have a uh, there's a guy there called the Toastman, which is pretty entertaining. <laughs> what? I don't know if you guys ever heard that when the the one of the opponents strike out, the, this guy will burn toast. It's called the Toastman. That is awesome. What? Well, I hope he wasn't burning too much toast while you guys were in town, yeah. but that's that's still awesome. Yeah. Does he does he have like a toaster there at the yeah. game? Yeah, he, uh, he burns a toast and somehow he he lines that thing up perfectly, so you smell that thing when you're walking back to the dugout. <laughs> that's actually awesome. Oh my god! Yeah, these are the things that we need to know about. Yeah, yeah, we need to know this fans. stuff. So, Sabi, what yeah. do you got? What do you guys do to keep yourselves entertained when you're on the road? Are you guys, I know, like guys like uh, well. Well, Berger was injured, but he and Dane Dunning stream Fortnite, you know, a bunch of yeah. this other stuff. Like, what do you guys do? Do you guys have any, like, video game competitions? Like, what's some of the clubhouse culture like amongst yeah, the, uh, the guys? Uh, yeah, last year, uh, in any clubhouse, you know, people are playing cards and stuff, like the normal the normal things. But last year in Dublin, we had a uh, PS4 in the locker room. Some people would be playing that or play card games or ping pong, you know, just keep the competition flowing. I think that that breeds over to the to the baseball side. You know, we're we're all competitive people. That's why we play the game. And anytime we can find a way to be competitive, we're gonna do it. Do you uh, what, what games did you guys play on the PS4? Would you guys have like yeah, MLB was, the Show or Fortnite or what? You guys have? Yeah, it was Fortnite. Definitely, everyone. <clears throat> I don't know if that's gonna be the same. I think it's kind of dying down. But last year was definitely a lot of Fortnite. Who was go. the best? Who was the yeah. best Fortnite player in that clubhouse? You know, Zach Collins is going to tell you he's the best. Dane Dunning's going to tell you he's the best. <laughs> Everyone's going to say they're the best. Um, but you know, those guys are up there. It's definitely, definitely those people who are streaming. Those guys are definitely pretty good. Yeah. How good are you at Fortnite, Subby? Uh, you know, I'm I'm good enough to hang. You know, I'm not anything to brag about, but I'll hang in there. There you go. Yeah, Tony and I play a little bit of Fortnite, but John John carries. Uh, John carries Tony's not Tony Tony's that. Tony's not the best at Fortnite, so we don't play all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. uh, I'd like to, I'd like to see you, John, take on like a, a guy like Jake Berger. I'd I'd love to see that yeah, in a I heard playground. He's really good. If they pick me up in the squad, I'd definitely hold my weight. <laughs> That's an open invitation. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't carry. I wouldn't carry like I do with you. Probably. I've watched them stream before. They're actually pretty good. Yesterday, That's- someone brought it up while we were recording, and I like pulled up his stream while we were recording, and I just had it like going on my phone on the table. Is he? He's still playing now, or is, are those old videos? I think he was playing last night. It might have been an old video. No, he he was definitely playing yesterday. I saw him on the Twitter uh, with a little. Mm message for you know rest in peace to to greasy grove or whatever and then he was immediately on on twitch so um, the twitter yeah 
So, uh, yeah, obviously you went to San Diego State. They have some pretty notable alumni. Did you ever get a chance to, like, meet Steven Strasburg or anything? Did he ever come yeah. back? To the... Yeah, That's Strasburg, awesome. Strasburg comes back. Um, you know, I think his grandparents still live there. I'm not too sure where he lives, but in the off season, you know, you see him time to time. There's, like, a golf tur- alumni golf tournament, and some of the alumni would come to that. Um, yeah, but Strasburg definitely, he loves to give back to the program. He's always a... He's always around in the off season, and uh, you know he's a great person. Talked to him uh, quite a bit, and you know he's always there, uh, willing to help uh, old alumni. That's awesome. I love to hear stories like that of like alumni yeah. going back and helping out the kids that are at the school. At yeah, that he's great. Time. He'll he'll hold a conversation with anyone. He doesn't. He won't big league anyone. Uh, I've never seen it, so I don't think I don't think he's the type of person to really big league people who'll who'll hold any conversation with anyone. Awesome, Tony. What else you got for subs? Yeah, I was going to ask him real quick, Sebi. Uh, one of the things that uh, I, I'd like to know: um, uh, how much of a role does a guy like Don Cooper uh, in you know the in the big leagues uh, send his message down to how he wants uh, the 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 pitchers to play their game. Uh, do, do you have any, you know, contact with the big league club on, on some of these guys in the pitching staff and uh, what they should be throwing pitch mixes, that type of stuff, or is that more or less at the discretion of the, the, the minor league managers and uh, bullpen coaches and so forth? Yeah. Um, so at the higher levels, I, I, throughout my minor league career, I haven't had too much contact during the year with, with Coop or, or the big league guys, but, they definitely are watching. They definitely watch video and see the numbers and everything. And they, they do send their their input or, or, or whatever you want to call it down to the minor leagues. But um, as far as, like, what to throw and stuff, um, I'm not too sure exactly how that works. I know that the, the pitching coaches at each level have a contact, like a higher contact that if they want to change things or, or whatever, they have to get it approved and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I think I think we get our main direction from the pitching coach at each level. You know, he he's in contact with the right guys, and and you know everyone's trying to get better and and become as the best that they possibly can, and and uh, you, you, there's a lot of moving pieces towards that. Good stuff, good stuff. Uh, John, did you have anything else? Uh, not necessarily. Um, in particular, we really wanted to thank you for coming on, Sebi, and taking time yeah, out of your morning to talk to us. No, yeah, yeah. Yes. No yeah. So, um, good luck in spring training this year. Thank you. Thank uh, you. congratulations on making the 40 man roster. That's always a good sign. Yeah. Thank you. So, um, keep doing what you're doing and, uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again soon and have you back on again when you're a uh, official member of the White Sox. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, uh, John, Tony. Um, I'll be uh, on the lookout for your guys' podcast now. <laughs> yeah, sounds, sounds good. good. Thanks for coming on, man. It's been a it's awesome. been a pleasure. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, guys. And that was Sebi Zavala. John is taking uh, another bathroom break. Uh, Johnny, we still have you on the line, um, guys. That wasn't. Oh, there it is in the background. Jesus <laughs> Christ! <laughs> Lovely. Yeah, just absolutely lovely. You know, after our first uh, first interview with a professional baseball player, you hear the sweet sounds of John Suarez. 
There's the flush. Alright, guys. Well, I think that's just going to about do it for Shy Sox Weekly this week. For John Suarez, unless he's back. I'm back. We're closing it out here, John. Can we get a go White Sox? That was already a wrap-up. Alright, yep. We're closing it out. <laughs> we're closing um, it out. Episode 25. Episode 25. Um, now that Johnny Nani is a current member and permanent member of Chicago or uh, Shy Sox Weekly, my bad. <laughs> it's been a long one. <laughs> we're gonna, well, yeah, right. We're gonna always close it out with a uh, go White Sox and a go Cats at the end. Uh, just Ooh, a little subtle. That's, I, that's didn't, not I didn't get the memo on the screen that said go Cats, but uh, I'll give it a go White Sox. It's in the, hey, it's in the rundown. I'll type it in right now. I'm watching <laughs> Illinois volleyball. They're the number three seed overall in the uh, NCAA tournament. So that's actually big time. We should do like a minute wrap up of just like Illinois uh, college sports. Like talk about yeah, Loyola sucking this year for like five seconds and then just call it an episode. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna hit the cut button on that one. <laughs> All, All right, right, guys. Go White Sox. Go Sox. Go White Sox.